The following sermon is from Grace Church East County. More information about Grace Church is available at gracechurcheast.org. Those of you who don't know me, my name is Rick. I'm one of the elders here, and I have the privilege of bringing God's Word to you today. So if you have a Bible or, or on your Bible app, please turn to Luke 15. Now, last week, we finished our series in 1 Corinthians, and Advent begins today. But before we fully enter into Christmas, we want to linger just one more Sunday on Thanksgiving. Now, the story of the prodigal son is what you're about to hear in Luke 15, and that might seem an odd choice for Thanksgiving, but hopefully by the end of this time that uh, we have here, this story prompts a sense of gratitude and thankfulness to our God because of the particular way that he chooses to show his love for us. So Sharon will come and read our passage, starting in verse 11, and then she will pray for us to receive God's word. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, you tell us that your word is a, a lamp into our feet and a light into our path, and um, we are so grateful for that because we see very dimly this side of glory. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would illuminate this passage for us this morning, this very familiar story, um, so that your path looks a little brighter and a little clearer, and you would help us to walk it well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back, saved him safe and sound. 
But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I may celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. The word of the Lord. The parable of the prodigal son. It's probably the best known and most loved story of the gospel. On the surface, it seems like a hallmark movie of the week. The wayward son leaves home, he pursues an immoral life, and just at the right time, when the strings start playing, he comes home and senses his, he senses his need to return home and returns to a forgiving father, and everyone lives happily ever after. But this story tells us more. This story tells us much more about the father than it does about the son. And as we're going to see, the purpose of Jesus telling this story was to communicate something very important about the father's heart toward us. The story answers questions like, how does God feel about those who don't yet believe in him? Now, if that's you, if you're not yet a Christian, we're so glad that you're here, and we invite you to sit back and soak this in. This story tells you about how God feels for you. And if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian and you struggle with God's acceptance and forgiveness for you, this story is for you too. Jesus wants to give you a picture of your full acceptance and forgiveness today. As we come to the end of the Thanksgiving weekend, we thought it might be good to focus on a story that illustrates our greatest reason for gratitude in Thanksgiving. And why, the question you should be asking first is, why did Jesus tell this story? Well, he was on the road to Jerusalem and about to enter the city. And chapter 12 tells us that thousands of people are following him. And then chapter 15 tells us that some of them, or maybe most of them, are tax collectors and sinners. Now, tax collectors, tax collectors were the worst kind of traitor in Israel. They represented the Roman government and extorted money from the people by force. Sinners? Well, just what you're thinking. They were prostitutes, pimps, thieves, and murderers. People who are considered so immoral that they don't even have a place in decent society. They follow Jesus because they sense that he cares for them. They sense that he cares for them and that he has something to say to them. 
There was another group following Jesus, the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders of the day. And, and they're following him around too. And they can't believe what they're seeing. Jesus likes being around these sinners. He stays at their homes. He even eats with them. No respectable religious teacher does that. Those people are lost. Those people are disgusting. They should not be here. Now Jesus hears this. He hears their complaint in verse 2. And in response, he tells them three stories. He tells them three stories about what happens when lost people come close to Jesus. Jesus tells them a story about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and finally, about a lost son. These stories say things about God. These stories say things that Jesus wants them to know about God the Father and how he relates to lost people. The Father, he says that the Father longs for their return. The Father celebrates their return. And the Father pleads for more to come home. What a beautiful picture of God. Jesus wants us to know that we have a forgiving Father who longs for, pleads for, and celebrates when sinners return to him. It's a beautiful picture. But the beginning of the story is not so beautiful. We start with the father rejected by the younger son. Verse 11 is where we see the father rejected. There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. The younger son wants his independence and freedom. He knows he will receive an inheritance when his father dies, but he wants it now. He wants to party now and live, get this, he wants to live as though his father is dead. Fathers, how would you feel about that? How would you feel if your son came to you and he wanted to pretend that you were dead? That's a shocking start to this story and exactly what Jesus intended for her. But it's so true to what's happening around him because the sinners, the sinners who followed Jesus had lived their whole lives as if God the Father was dead. They had rejected God. So let's see how this turns out for the young men. Verse 14, and when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country 
who sent him into the field to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. There is so much to unpack here about the consequences of turning your back on God. So much to unpack about the consequences of your sin. But time isn't going to allow that. We really want to focus more today upon the nature of God, the Father in this story. But the story makes it clear that sin ruins you. See, if you break your attachment to God, you will be attached to something else. Your heart cannot bear to be alone. If God is not in the picture, the hole that is left is huge, and nothing can fill it. You might try, but whatever you attach to will eventually disappoint you and lead you to misery. That misery may take many forms, but Jesus uses hunger and isolation to illustrate that in this story. When the young man's money ran out, he became hungry. And when he was no longer paying for the party, his friends abandoned him. And finally, finally, he came to his senses and said, verse 17, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Repentance is hard. It's hard. It's scary. You don't know what the father's going to do. What will he say? The young son, the young man, he has a speech prepared. Just hoping that the father will take him back as a servant. In fact, the, the word servant here means something more. It means day laborer which is the lowest form of servant, even lower than a slave. The son is basically saying, I, I, I'm here, but I don't want to impose on you. He's, he's basically saying, you can pick me up at Home Depot in the morning for work as a day laborer. I'm just better off like that than being out here on my own. So what will the father do when he sees them? What will the father do? Remember what the young son said? How did the young son treat him when he left? Son considered him dead. Let's just take the old man's money and get out of here. So, how would you feel if you were the father? 
This father, this father celebrates. This father celebrates the son's return. And here's how the father celebrates. In verse 20, but while he was a long way off, the father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. All this time, all this time that the son was gone, what was the father doing? The father, he was longing for the son and searching the horizon. Now, I, I know what some of you might be thinking. This is a story about God, and it pictures the father longing and looking at the horizon for this son to return. But God is sovereign. God is both sovereign and eagerly longing for the son's return. And, and all I can say about that is that Jesus told this story. And that's how he described the Father. And he seems to be telling us that both things are true. So when the Father sees the Son, he runs. When the Father gets there, he embraces and he kisses the Son. And the word here means to kiss him again and again. Do you get the picture here? The Father is so happy with the return of his Son that he can't stop kissing him. In this story, maybe, maybe the son's a little surprised. But he still needs to give his speech. So verse 21, he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead. He is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Did you notice anything about the speech? Do you notice this? The son had an ending planned. There was an ending to the speech. He's supposed to say, treat me as one of your hired servants, but the father won't let him say that. Now, are, are we reading too much into this? Are we, are we reading too much into this when noticing that the son doesn't get to finish his speech? I don't think so. Remember, this is Jesus talking. He's telling the story. These are not real people. Jesus is telling the story exactly as he wants. He lets the son say, I am not worthy because that is true. But the father doesn't allow the young man to finish. The father instead shouts to his servants, get these rags off my son and dress him for a party, for today we celebrate full acceptance 
unrestrained joy, overwhelming affection. That is the picture that Jesus paints of the Father's response to a lost soul who approaches him with repentance. And what is Jesus trying to tell the religious leaders about these sinners? He's saying they are precious to God. Even though all their lives they may have treated God as dead, they abuse everything God has given them, he still longs for them and he celebrates their return. That's our father. Now at this point, I... I, I'm reminded that there are many parents who feel like they've lost someone. A son, a daughter, or any loved one who's rejected Christ, maybe, maybe even rejected you. Are you longing for a glimpse of them? Maybe they will come home today. But then another day goes by and, and you feel disappointed. And where is God in that? The story from Jesus, it tells us exactly where God is. Jesus tells us that the Father's heart is with you. He is longing for their return as well. God has not written them off. He has not forgotten you. He cares for that loved one even more than you. Your God feels your pain and shares in the suffering with you as you wait together. And one day, perhaps, they will return. And when that happens, we will celebrate. Let's go back to Jesus and the story. Remember that he's telling this story to the religious leaders. Jesus is trying to tell them, I am here. I am the outstretched love of God incarnate. I want you to know how much God longs for that which is lost. How happy he is when that which is lost comes home. Those who repent fully forgiven, fully accepted, and restored affectionately as sons. The religious leaders they still don't get it. So now, Jesus introduces a new character to the story, a new character who looks a lot like them. Verse 25, now, the older son, the older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what these things mean. And he said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. The older son hears about his brother's return. 
and he refused to join the family in celebration. Now, who is the older son angry with? Is he angry with the younger brother? A little bit, yeah, yeah, he's angry with the younger brother, but mostly he's just disgusted with the younger brother. He's really angry with the father. The father, in response to his anger, comes out of the party. And here we see the father plead with the older son to come into the house and celebrate with them. Verse 28, his father came out and entreated him or pleaded with him. The word here indicates that he pleaded with him many times. Not a single request. The father keeps coming out of the party to plead with his son over and over. But the elder son, he says, look. These many years I have served you. Literally, this word means I have slaved for you. And I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. See, the older brother the older brother knows he's the good kid. And the younger one, he's the bad kid. The good kid did everything right, and the bad kid did everything wrong, so the good, fe the good kid feels like he should be celebrated and get all the stuff. He feels so superior to his brother that he refers to him as that son of yours. He separates himself in every way from that disgusting sinner. Now, you may be thinking, well, you know, he kind of has a point. But let's look closely. Does the older brother care about the father? Does the older brother care about the father? See, this is the biggest day of the father's life. The older brother condemns and humiliates him. The older brother, on the biggest day of the father's life, condemns and humiliates the father by refusing to join the party. See, just like the younger son, the older son, he, do he doesn't care about the father. The only difference between them is in how they choose to reject the father and pursue his stuff. In this way, Jesus is defining a new category of lostness for the religious leaders. There is a lostness when you're the bad kid, but there's also a lostness from being the good kid. And despite the rejection, the father speaks to the older son very tenderly. Verse 31 says, son, really meaning dear child, you're always with me. 
and all that is mine is yours. The Father has taken all this anger and responds with genuine kindness and affection. He affirms the faithfulness of the elder brother and a special place in his heart. But the father is not going to allow the son's complaint to stand. And he's not going to allow him to separate himself from his brother. He says in verse 32, it was fitting to celebrate and be glad for your brother, this your brother, was dead. He is alive. He was lost and is found. Now the religious leaders, knowing that this story is about them, they hear this and they're very angry. In a few days, they're going to act on all that rage. In a few days, they will plot to kill Jesus. And Jesus, he knows their anger, and he still says to them, Dear child, come inside and join us. There is still time. Join us. And Jesus continues to plead with them over and over. And the saddest part of this story is that it ends here. The older brother doesn't repent. He doesn't come home, and he doesn't realize that his sin is the same as the younger brother, just expressed differently. See, when, when you're the bad kid, it's easy to see your sin. When you wake up face down in a pig trough, hungover, hungry and broke, <laughs> it isn't hard to recognize your sin. Younger brothers, well, younger brothers, they, they know they're a mess. But older brothers? Older brothers are going to church. Older brothers are reading their Bibles. They serve. They try to do everything right. But sometimes, sometimes a person who tries to do everything right just totally misses the point. Do we sometimes feel like we have slaved well. We served God well, and therefore we deserve a good life and heaven as a reward. Perhaps even we get angry with God when things don't go exactly as planned. Isn't there just a little bit of Pharisee in each of us? Do we see the lives of sinners and think, well, we're a little superior because our lives are more put together and more obedient to God? Jesus says, there is a lostness that comes from a superior attitude of being the good kid. That lostness puts you on the outside where Jesus comes and pleads with you to recognize your sin and repent. Whether you have younger brother lostness 
her older brother lostness. God is pleading with you to repent. He longs for you, and he celebrates when you come home. So, you're sitting here this morning. You're either a Christian or you're not. You either believe or you don't. There's no middle ground here. You have either repented and come home to the Father or you haven't. If you repent and come home to the Father saying that I have sinned and I need you to save me, Jesus has painted a picture for you of how God will receive you. Jesus is showing you how God will receive you when you come home. Fully accepted. Fully forgiven. God celebrates you and restores you as a son. And if you're Christian... He wants to show you how God felt about you when you came and how he continues to feel about you as you continue to come into his presence. And as you continue every day to live in his presence, you need to know how the Father feels about children who have come home. Fully accepted with overwhelming affection. As the Thanksgiving weekend comes to a close, isn't it fitting that we remind ourselves of how God celebrates all those who experience lostness and come home? Let's celebrate the God who celebrates you. Let's pray. And as we begin to pray, I'd, I'd like to we, we will take the Lord's Supper together. I'd like to invite Philip back on the stage and the servers to please come to prepare the elements for us. Gracious Lord, we are grateful for this Luke 15 story that paints a beautiful picture of how you long for us to come home. Whether our lostness looks like the younger brother or the older brother, you rejoice in our repentance. May we more clearly see the beauty of how you celebrate those who come home to you. May we gain a deeper understanding and respond in gratitude to the amazing grace that you have lavished upon us. We pray here for those who have not yet trusted in you as their Savior, that through your word they may repent of their sin and trust you to be fully forgiven fully accepted, and affectionately received by you as a son or daughter. Gracious Father, we have the opportunity this morning to take these elements. We thank you for this glorious picture of so great a love, that Jesus our Savior loved his people and gave himself up for his people, to position us before you holy and without blemish. Help us now to give thanks believing this good news as we take the bread and the cup together. It is in your Son's name, Jesus Christ, that we pray all these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Grace Church East County. Please find us online at gracechurcheast.org if you would like to find out more about us.